This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Woo! Hey guys, sorry, let me just get set up here. <laughs> How are you doing? My name's Christy. Um, I'm married to this guy, Joel, and we have two teenage daughters, um, which is super fun. And one of the things that we're experiencing right now is we're trying to understand the new teenage lingo, right? So I'm a, like, I was a teenager in the 90s. I don't know about some of you, but um, I don't know if you remember some of the things that we used to say in the 90s, like funny things like talk to the palm, because you're not the bomb. Remember that? <laughs> How random is that? Uh, home skillet. What's up, home skillet? That kind of stuff. Um, just random stuff. Every generation kind of has their stuff. My girls right now, say, they say things like, oh, that's totally aesthetic. And what that means is like, that's really beautiful. Um, they say things like, oh, that guy is simping on that girl. And that means oh, that guy's trying to impress that girl because um, he likes her. Um, they'll say, no cap. And no cap means, um, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying. I'm being authentic. Um, And so every generation has its set of lingo and phrases. And Jesus was no different. In fact, he had a phrase that he used often. And we see him using it five different times in the scriptures. Um, And it's all throughout the New Testament. And it's this phrase, take heart. Take heart. And in the Greek, this word is tharseo, and it means uh, to have bold, confident courage, to be comforted, to be of good cheer, take heart. And I love this series that we're in because if Jesus has a catchphrase, then I want to know what is it and what does that mean and what does it mean for me specifically? And so this series that we're in called Take Heart, we're looking at the different times in scripture where Jesus uses the phrase, and every time that he uses this phrase, he gives us a different reason for why we can trust him, why we can be confident, why we can be full of good courage. And this phrase still holds up today, and he's just as trustworthy as he was back then. And so we're going to jump into the, today's story. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 1. It says this. And getting into a boat, he, Jesus, crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. So blaspheming is kind of like, like what does that mean? We don't really use that word today. But in this passage, um, it means that Jesus is claiming to be God. And so the scribes in this story, they know that only God has the power to forgive sins. And so when Jesus is saying, take heart, your sins are forgiven, this is Jesus putting himself in the place of God. And so in verse 4, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose, and he went home. 
And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. And so Jesus performs this amazing healing miracle. And what Jesus is doing, what he's revealing about himself through this miracle is that he has the kingdom authority to bring healing into this world. And the theme of this book, the, the story is in the book of Matthew, is to sh- the whole theme, the whole reason Matthew, the book of Matthew is telling the story is to show that Jesus is king. He is king. He rules. He reigns over everything. He is the source. He is the sustainer. He's the rewarder of all things that pertain to God. And Jesus rules and reigns with authority in both the spiritual world and the physical realm. And Jesus is showing, hey, I have the power to forgive sins, and if you don't believe me, I'm going to prove it by showing that I also have the power to heal people physically too. And so Jesus says, take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And his offer still stands for us today. Take heart, my son. Take heart, my daughter. Your sins are forgiven. And I love that. It's not like take heart, random earthling, right? It's No, it's take heart. Jesus makes it personal. My son, my daughter, take heart. And that relational component is so important because our sin has actually taken us really far away from God. And our sin it leaves us feeling isolated, alone, unworthy of the goodness that God has for us. And so Jesus is saying, when you trust in me, you're not an outsider anymore. You're part of the family of God. You're a son or a daughter, and you have a place now. You have a seat at the table. And I look at what Jesus said to the paralytic, and I'm like, Jesus, I want you to say that about me. Take heart, my daughter. Your sins are forgiven. Be comforted. Be full of bold, confident courage. Cheer up, daughter. I have wiped your slate clean. Are you kidding me? Like, of course I want that. And the good news for us today is that I believe that his offer of forgiveness still stands for us today. It still reaches out to us 2,000 years later. And so today I want to talk about how you and I can step into Jesus' offer of forgiveness. Because Jesus' offer is kind of like a hug. It's like Jesus decided he wants to hug us. He's opening his arms. But in order for us to experience that hug, we have to do our part and step into that hug, right? And so how do we step into Jesus' offer of forgiveness? And the answer is easy. We repent. We repent. So, So what does that mean to repent? Because it's kind of something we don't talk a lot about in our culture today. But to repent means that we agree with God about what he says about sin, and then we turn away from our sin and we turn towards God. And it's a posture of our heart that says, God, I confess to you that I don't know everything. My intuition, my thinking is flawed as a human being. But you know everything you are pure, you are good, you are true, there is nothing wicked or false in you, and I need you to teach me what is right so that I don't sin against you. Because, God, your words are true, the scriptures are true, and the scriptures are pure, and I want to order my life around them, not the other way around. And so it's this idea that you and I, we need to love Jesus 
above everything else. We need to love Jesus more than we love our sin. And we need to be willing to let go of anything that he would call us to let go of. And we put Jesus in his rightful place as Lord over our lives. So it's Jesus over everything else. Jesus over my preferences. Jesus over my opinions. Jesus over what the world thinks about X, Y, and Z. It's Jesus over everything. And this was Jesus' message everywhere he went. He would go into towns and he would heal people and he would preach over and over again, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. So repentance is Jesus' idea and repentance is important to Jesus. And repentance isn't a one-time thing. It, It is like that first moment is very important. But even more than that, It's a lifelong choice that sets the direction that your life heads in. And we don't talk about it that much, uh, but sin is a big problem for us. It's a big problem for every one of us. But we have to talk about sin because we have to understand the mess that we're in because of our sin. Because if we don't understand the mess that we're in, we'll never understand how to get out of it. And we'll never understand the beauty of the forgiveness that Jesus offers us. And so we need to to know that we've been forgiven. We need that. Um, And so we need to talk about sin so that we can know that we've been forgiven. You know, it's no joke that the world is broken, right? You watch the news for five seconds. And um, all of that brokenness that we see in the world exists within you and I, just on a smaller scale. Uh, and sin separates us from God, sin condemns us to hell, sin, sin keeps us prisoners to the kingdom of darkness, and makes us unable to break free from our broken habits and our broken choices, and the scriptures have a lot to say when it comes to sin. So it says, you know, when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Um, if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. And in 1 John, it says, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. My favorite is 1 John 1.8, and it says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And so if we want to experience Jesus' offer of forgiveness, it starts with repentance. God, I'm sorry that I have sinned against you. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Show me the areas in my life that I need repentance in. Holy Spirit, would you empower me to live the life that you're calling me to live? I need you. I need you to transform me from the inside out. Not just good behavior on the outside, but a new heart on the inside. And when we come to God that way, something really beautiful happens. We receive God's forgiveness. God doesn't push us away because of our sin. God steps in, and he comes close, and he brings healing. He gives us mercy, and he gives us grace. It's that simple. And the second way we step into Jesus' forgiveness is we receive his grace. We receive it. 
It'd be so easy to be like, oh, God, whatever you need from me, I got you. No, God gives his gifts to us. And if we, are, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. So what do we receive? Like, what exactly is God's forgiveness? Because God's forgiveness looks very different than our forgiveness here in the world. Worldly forgiveness is not God's forgiveness. And I want to kind of like compare the two so you can see just how completely and totally you have been forgiven. So first of all, God's forgiveness is full of mercy. Full of mercy. It's like amazing. The world's forgiveness says, well, you can have mercy after your punishment. Right? But the beauty of Jesus is that he came and he took our punishment upon himself so that we don't uh, we, we can receive God's mercy. There's no punishment for those who are in Jesus. And, and the scripture says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. And this verse in 1 John 4, 18, it says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we don't need to be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And that shows we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And so we don't need to be afraid of punishment. Doesn't that feel so good that we are saved through the grace of God, that Jesus took our punishment upon himself so that we could stand before God completely free and clear and not afraid? You and I, we get a clean slate. It's such a beautiful gift. So another difference between God's forgiveness and the world's forgiveness is God's forgiveness restores our relationship with him, and the world's forgiveness keeps us feeling insecure in this relationship. Like, have you ever experienced this in real life? Like, you made a mistake, and maybe you hurt someone, and now you just feel insecure around that person. Like, like I don't know where I stand with you anymore. Uh, when we were on vacation this last week, um, we were walking around the big city, and my youngest loves to be close to us when we're in a big city. She just it makes her feel very secure. But every time we would walk, she would, like, be so close that she'd clip my heel and give me a f- flat tire, as they call it. My sandal would go flying off, and it's, like, 108 degrees in the desert, and my foot would, like, burn. On, and I was just like, ah, over and over and over. Like, the whole day we were walking around. So finally I'm just like, I'm keeping my distance. Like, you stay over there, <laughs> you know. Um, And it takes, like, she just kept apologizing, and eventually she became, like, self-aware. She worked it out. Um, But it does, it takes time to rebuild trust with someone again. And at some level, it should. But, like, God's forgiveness is different because he knows our heart. And so when we repent, when we come before him, um, God's forgiveness actually instantly restores our relationship with him. And you and I, we don't always know each other's heart. We don't always know, like, what, what can I trust and what can I not trust? But God is different. God sees our heart. He knows when we're being real. He knows our limitations. He knows um, our limitations, and he gives us grace in spite of them. And he also knows when we're being fake. And when we come to God with our whole heart, we step back into relationship with him. That relationship is restored And I love, like what Jesus said, take heart, my son, take heart, my daughter, your sins are forgiven. 
our relationship with God is restored. There's no more insecurity. So on our good days, on our bad days, we always run to Jesus. We don't run from Jesus because of our sin. We run to Jesus because of our sin. In Galatians 4, it says, God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to experience this type of forgiveness. Another difference between God's forgiveness and the world's forgiveness is God's forgiveness empowers life transformation. But the world's forgiveness just like leaves you on your own to figure it out. So the world's forgiveness causes this like striving, this like I can't live up to this. But God's forgiveness heals us from the inside out. He puts a new heart within us. He transforms us. God does the heavy lifting. He deals with the root. He deals with the pain at the root of our addictions. He, de- he gives us the desire to change um, so that the things that we used to love just don't have that same appeal anymore. He opens our eyes to the truth. He exposes the lies that keep us chasing after the wrong things. And, but the world's forgiveness is different. It, the world's forgiveness is like this never-ending game called do better, do better and then leaves us alone without the power to change. But God's forgiveness is different. In Philippians 2, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I'm so thankful for that, because within and of myself, I I don't have it in me, to be honest. But this doesn't mean we are perfect now. We will still struggle in this life. But we agree with God about what he says about sin, and we can go to God as our source for strength. God, change my heart. God, align my desires with yours. Would you give me the self-control that I need to walk the path of life? And this is the forgiveness that Jesus offers us, full of mercy, a clean slate, a restored relationship with him, empowering us and setting us free to live the life that he's called us to live. We repent and then we receive. It's that simple. It's the rhythm of the believer's life. Repent and receive, repent and receive. There is no earning. It's only grace. So the last way that we can step into the forgiveness of Jesus is that we allow him to renew us. Renew. So that means that you and I, we can leave behind the old and we can step into the new. You're not defined by that mistake you made. You're not defined by the labels that you used to wear. In Romans, it says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I was talking with a friend um, who was telling me a story about her life as a teenager, and she was saying that when she was going into high school, she moved across California, and she was entering this new city. Um, And during her childhood, she had kind of, like, gained this reputation of being quiet, not much to say, shy. And when she moved at 14 years old, she decided, you know, I want to change. And all the labels were off. 
and she decided, I want to be confident. I want to be able to carry a conversation. I want to be bolder. And what's so cool is that that's exactly who she became when she walked into her new school that first day. She just put on that new self and walked in, and that is still who she is today. And that's what Jesus does for us. All the labels are off. Old reputation, gone. We are free to walk in the newness that God has for us. Jesus has the authority to forgive our sins. You know, this is like my last time teaching here at New Life. And um, like, I can't think of a better note to go out on. Um, But Jesus has the authority to forgive everything we've ever done wrong. And we can take heart because if we repent, we can receive his forgiveness and he will renew us. And the old doesn't have to define us anymore. And we can stand new and restored relationship without punishment, without insecurity, without strife. Isn't that good news? It never gets old. And so take heart. You know, your sins are forgiven. Take heart, son or daughter of the king. Take heart. The old is gone and the new life has begun. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now. And Holy Spirit, we just, we want to step into your forgiving embrace. And so, Father, would you just speak to our hearts, reveal anything Uh, in our hearts that is not of you, that, that we might need to turn away from, God. And would you empower us to step into the new life, receive your forgiveness, leave the old behind. And I know this looks different throughout our whole life, Father, but would you set our hearts on a path that would chase after you, that we would set that direction, that this would be a habit in our life, that we're constantly going before you, surrendering who we are, surrendering all of ourselves and inviting you to to create in us a new heart, to show us, to search us, and show us what where we need to be realigned with you, Father, because we love you and we are yours and we belong to you. And we are so thankful for your authority in our lives to forgive us and to lead us into new life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.